Okay. I am Alicia Butler Pierre, and the name of my company is Equilibria. This, this, is, this is Diversified Game Game. A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So let the game begin. Hey, it's Kellen, and today on Diversified Game, I have Miss Alicia, and she is going to make sure our equilibrium, oh man, I said it right, and I, I didn't, you know, stutter too much, okay, um, <laughs> she's going to make sure ours is right, she is a author, she's also a business consultant, and you know, so many titles, we're going to get all into it to give you guys the game to help you, hopefully, in your business and your personal ventures. So welcome to the show. How are you doing today before the storm? I am doing so well, Kellen, and I'm really excited to be here with you today. Well, I am excited to have you, and I want you to tell the people about what type of a consultant you are so they can know who their your ideal client is before they try to start, you know, researching and hitting you up and saying, hey, can you help me? Can you help me? I need help. Um, so give us the game on, you know, your specialty. <laughs> so the game on my specialty is something that's actually fairly obscure out there in the world, but it's so important. And it's operations, operations management consulting. So I'm literally looking at how you deliver your products, excuse me, how you deliver your services and how you actually make your products. So the not so sexy behind the scenes stuff that takes place that can make all the difference in the world in your company's ability to be able to meet demand for your products and services. So it all falls under the umbrella of operations and operations management. I like to tell people that to me is systems, which every business and every person yes. needs. And very few, you know, entrepreneurs like focus on that. So give us the game on, you know, if someone comes to you and they say, hey, I got five businesses, so many things going on. What's the first step? Because to me, it's always, well, you got all these things going on. What's your budget like? But I want to know for you, when folks <laughs> come in with their chaos, um, what do you need? I, you know, how do you work them and what's your ideal? Like, is there a certain niche that you like to focus on? So that's a great question. Um, I typically don't work with startups. And here's the reason why, Kellen. It's because startups are just... They're literally just that. They're just starting out. They're still trying to figure things out. So a lot of their budget happens to go towards marketing-related things. And it makes sense. You, you, if no one knows about your product or service, then your, your company won't survive very long. So they tend to focus on publicity and sales and promotion and social media, branding. And again, rightfully so. The companies that I work well with are those that they've done all of that marketing. They've worked with you, Kellen, because I know you consult with influencers. And so now they have a different type of problem. They've gone from not having enough customers to having too many. And it's funny you mentioned having the five different businesses because it sounds great to have those multiple streams of income, but can you keep up with the demand? That's at the end of the day, 
that's what it's really all about. So you've you've invested all of these marketing dollars into becoming an influencer, your sales, your branding, and it's all paying off. People are starting to go to your website. They're clicking on your Instagram profile. They want more of what you have to offer. Do you have the operational infrastructure or business infrastructure, as I call it, in place, the systems that you're talking about to make sure that you can deliver those products and services on time and within the specified parameters that you've stated that you can deliver them in. So that's what it's really all about. And my niche, again, is in working with fast-growing small businesses where they're at a point where I mean, <laughs> there's no turning back. The, the train has left the station and is all hands on deck. It's do or die. And if they don't get some of those systems in place, they can actually fail because they have too much business and they just couldn't keep up with it. Mm, now, that's going behind the facade of being an entrepreneur. That's and right. That's right. Highly recommend on Amazon. Links will be in the description, y'all, or you can go to the website. Those will be in the description. Uh, however, the team puts that together. But let's talk about behind the facade because you are getting then entrepreneurs who are telling you how grandiose things are or how chaotic things are. But you know, they have maybe, let's say, five businesses, but they're still picking up the phone for each individual problem, you know, mm. and people can still reach them. Give us, you know, what issues do you see that person with three to five, maybe more businesses trying to juggle everything? The number one mistake before they come to you, besides them should have came to you, you know, sooner, what is the mistake that you're seeing entrepreneurs do that you help them out with? The lack of delegation, lack of delegation and not having processes documented. The reason you're doing everything, the reason you're doing those, those simple mundane tasks that you can easily have somebody else doing something as simple as answering a f each phone call is because you haven't, tr you either don't have other people on your team who can do those things for you, or you haven't trained them properly so that you can delegate that work to them. There's nothing cute about, so, listen, some people, they like being busy. They like being crazy busy and, and the phone ringing off the hook. They get a high off of that, but it's not sustainable. It's just not sustainable. You might get away with that for a few months, maybe even a year or two, but five years, 10 years down the road, it's just not sustainable. You have to start figuring out how can you delegate the things you either don't want to do or the things that you know have to be done, but they don't necessarily bring in the money, but they have to be done. Delegate that to someone else. Stop trying to do everything yourself. It's not cute and it's not sustainable. And then in order to delegate those things, you have to have your systems and your processes documented. You can't just say, I can't just say, Kellen, I want you to start taking over X. And you're going to look at me and say, okay, well, how do I do that? How is, you know, how, what if something goes wrong? Am I going to be, am I going to take blame for it? Or will I be blamed for that? What are the technologies that I need to use in order to do this work? 
you have to document things. And when I say document, it doesn't have to be anything incredibly fancy or complicated. It could be you literally as simple as getting on Zoom and quickly recording yourself, describing how you do something and give, giving that recording to someone else. It could mean you picking up your smartphone, quickly recording yourself and explaining how to do something. The point is get the information out of your head and into another format, whether it's video, an actual document, whatever that format is that you can easily share with someone else so that you can train that person. And you're always going to be updating these processes. You're always going to be updating your systems. It's never static. You never do it once and then think, okay, I'll never have to touch that again. But the point is, again, get it out of your head into a format that can be shared with other people and you can keep making improvements along the way. Now, that was a mouthful, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and she has a podcast of her own. You know, I, I might at the end off air try to pull her in on some other influencer stuff. You guys know how I do. <laughs> Just because, and, and we're going we're gonna to go here because I know you can take this. Um, we graduated around okay. the same time. And I... And my wife, um, girlfriend at the time, were in Grambling, the Harvard of the South. You went to Tulane. Um, I want to know, because you look like you just graduated last year. And, and Black don't crack. Well, thank you. <laughs> black doesn't crack. You know, um, they would have thought you just came off at of 89, you know, last month. Um, I know, in business. And having the look that you have and being a friendly woman, um, one that many high value men would say, oh, that's the type of woman I want, Kellen, hook me up. I want to know, how has it been in business for men to take you serious? Because, you know, we think a lot of men say, oh, things are fair now. Kellen, things are fair. And I'm like, no, nope, women are still not getting paid the same way men are getting paid. Absolutely. Treat it still in the boardroom. In my boardroom, you'll be treated that way or we'll all be fighting. But in many boardrooms, I hear, you know, things aren't, you know, still there. So let's talk about that so we can help some ladies and some men understand how we can improve as a community. Oh, I'm so glad you asked that question. It is not easy. It is not easy at all. And you mentioned, you know, having a friendly personality, being down to earth. And I always tell people, don't let my, you, you, you can't see me in person right now, but I'm only five foot two. So I'm not a big person. <laughs> and so people can, can misinterpret even that, you know, oh, she's small and she's smiling. Oh, you know, think I might be a pushover, but I am so, one of the most amazing things about things like social media, websites, online blogs, is that people, people are now in the habit of going online and looking you up. So a lot of that stuff that used to be an issue for me when I first started off in my career, because my career, actually, I was a chemical engineer, and that's a whole nother story. Um, so I was a young, you know, this young female engineer, and it was, it was very tough being in a literally all white male dominated environment and having to navigate that and the cat calling and all of the stuff that goes along with that 
while I'm trying to do my job. Fast forward several years later, now we have all of this digital technology at our, at our disposal. And what I find now, Kellen, because I can even tell that you've gone online and you've looked some stuff up. That's the beautiful thing. So people know by the time we actually have a phone call or get on a Zoom or actually meet face-to-face for breakfast or lunch or have a networking event where we meet up, they know I don't play. They know I come with my credentials. They know that I, no one gave this to me, that I earned it. So, so I don't have to, quote unquote, fight as much as I used to. I still have to, but it's not nearly as bad as I, I have, as bad as I used to. And I'll just say this for those who are listening right now, especially for your, your female listeners. We have to build what I call our credibility stack. What do I mean by that? We have to get on these platforms, whatever your platform of choice is. Mine happens to be LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn every day posting something about my craft, letting you know I'm, (laughs) as Lizzo says, I'm that, you know what? (laughs) I'm that when it comes to this. So when it comes to processes, I'm that rhymes with which, right? Or when it comes to operational excellence, when it comes to business infrastructure, I'm that person. I'm not posting anything super personal about myself. I keep things strictly business. And so when people approach me, they know they better, they better come with it and they better come ready to talk business because I just don't put anything out there about myself to let to where someone would even think that it would be okay to say certain things to me or to address me a certain way. Not to say that it doesn't happen, but it's not nearly as frequently as it used to be. And I'll also say this, dress the part. Um, we're doing this interview right now, right? Via Zoom. I still have, I'm still dressing the part. I don't have on, if I were in tech, I would probably have on jeans and a t-shirt. If I were in the entertainment industry, I would probably be wearing something different. But I'm in business. I'm a business consultant, so I have on a dress right now. Even though I'm just here in my home office talking to you via Zoom, I know that Kellen can take this material and put it anywhere. And I have to make sure, especially as a Black woman, that I'm always representing, that I'm presenting myself well, that I'm putting forth my best, my best effort because you just never know who's looking or who's, who's listening. So I hope that that proves um, to be of some value to some of your, your listeners, especially your, your female listeners. Again, build that credibility stack, put yourself out there, whatever you are good at, whatever your craft is, keep talking about it, keep writing about it. Hit up all of these different modes of communication. It's not just about being on social media. You can write articles. You can do videos and post them on YouTube. There's so many different ways now that we can communicate and that you can get the word out about you and what your craft is and what you are absolutely excellent at doing. And, and, I, and I'm not even, um, I wasn't even thinking about them as much trying you but as them not 
wanting to pay you because we're going to get into that. Oh yeah. Oh before yes. Reach out to you. We're going to talk about what oh, yes. they should be in. <laughs> but when people see you and they say, Hey, this, this is sunshine bear and sunshine bear can get real, go to grumpy bear real quick. If you disrespect, <laughs> so I'm glad that you put everybody in in check because you know being you say five children, so I'm just gonna pick you up and you know uh, just uh, you know we, we can have have fun. But talk, talk about the money and where should people be at because now yes. it seems like you know Shiba Coin is up as we speak. Everybody is telling me how many thousands, if not millions, they've made. Everyone has money. So where should they come to you? Because they can't come with that po mouthing. No po mouthing over here, folks. That's right. That's right. So where in what range should they be in to start with your services? So I'll just full disclosure, I'll I'll share with you. So I I provide coaching, one-on-one coaching, which is usually just these recorded one-hour sessions where I'm literally guiding you on how to create these systems. And again, what I call business infrastructure for your company. And that's 300 right now, as of right now, October 20th, 2021, that's $300 an hour. Um, And some people balk at that. And I say, listen, you're talking to someone who's had her business for 16 years. And I have over 25 years of experience altogether in this. So yeah, it's $300 an hour. You don't complain to your attorney about that, who's charging the same rates, and you probably aren't complaining to your accountant or your CPA about it. So I am a professional. I have years of experience in this. And again, I have built up what I call that credibility stack. I have so much content out there online that if you think you're going to lowball me, you're sadly mistaken, and this isn't the place for you. But I will also say this, Kellen, if people say, wow, I really want this, but I just can't afford it, go get, go get my book. That's a lower cost, much lower way of getting access to the same information. It's just that I won't be the person to literally guide you through it step by step. But you can very easily go on Amazon and get the book. In fact, sometimes I think Kindle even has it for free. But if you want the actual hardcover copy of the book, I think it's usually around $25 on Amazon. Go get the book. Don't want to pay for the book? Go read all of the different articles that I've put out there. The articles, the videos, (laughs) the blog posts. I mean, the, the content is out there. The information is out there. But the highest ticket item by far are my actual consulting projects. Now, those usually start around $30,000 going on up. But remember, these are projects and these are, we're talking, we're not just talking like 90 days. It's usually six months all the way up to about 18 months. But those are the big, big endeavors. And these are the companies, again, money isn't their issue because remember, they have the business coming in. Their issue is getting the systems and that business infrastructure in place so that they can truly scale to the next level, but do so in a sustainable and repeatable way. Oh, I love when I hear money is not the issue because it's such a small problem to have in in business. But it's a problem, you you know, many entrepreneurs, they juggle uh, trying to solve that issue. But again, you're here to help them with the systems. And, and I appreciate that because as a consultant, we 
see so many different problems. So people say, how do you know you can fix my problem? Well, if I said I could take your money, I believe I can work your problem out. Right. It's not going to be overnight. And she has so many. Right. I want to brag on your videos that you have, um, you know, on YouTube. She has many videos giving you guys the game for free under her name, Alicia Butler P.S. She has many podcast episodes. Her podcast on listening notes like ours is ranked in the top 2%. So she's, you know, put in the work. And I appreciate that, that someone, you know, putting in the work, documenting their journey, because it is not like anyone gave this to you. Like your father had this business and he gave it to you. You built it, right. you know, <laughs> from the mud. Um, with the success that you've had and the best is yet to come, what is a community give back that you are doing or that you would like to do in the future? A couple of things. Something that I've been wanting to do, and this might sound really out there, but I, I really want to donate my books to different prisons. Um, because a lot of times when people get out, they are unable to work again. And so it, it just starts this vicious cycle. So because they can't go and get, quote unquote, regular work, because what happens the minute you fill out a job application is asking you, have you ever been convicted of a felony? Well, if you check yes, guess what? You're not going to get the job more than likely. And so they just resort back to a life of crime. And again, end up it's, it's just this vicious cycle. But I thought, hmm. So many prisoners, there's libraries in these different prisons. Wouldn't it be great if I could get the book into these different libraries, prison libraries? People can educate people who are incarcerated can educate themselves before they get out. That way they don't have to depend on working for someone else for a job. They can create their own opportunities and not even have to worry about being turned down because of a, a prior conviction. So that's one thing that I've been wanting to do for quite some time. I just don't know how to go about doing that. But if anyone's out there listening and, and you know, please, by all means, please connect with me so that we, you know, because this is something that's very near and dear to my heart. And I, I know you went to Grambling. Are you, you're not from Louisiana, are you? No, I'm, I'm not from, no, I'm from Oconda. Okay. Okay. You know where Oconda is? No, I don't. Okay, that's Oakland, California, after you see Black Panther. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, got it, got it, got it. I understand. Well, I, I am from Louisiana. So for those who are listening, Louisiana has um, one of the highest incarceration rates in the state in a country that has one of the highest incarceration rates in the world. So again, that's why that's always been so near and dear to me. I also spend a lot of time mentoring other young ladies, especially those who are interested in STEM-related careers. We don't, there's underrepresentation in just about every industry, especially when you start looking at who's at the top of these different industries. But there's a particular need in science, technology, engineering, and math. So I, I'm, I do a lot of advocacy work in that area as well. Well, I have to say before my um, people start sending me emails and say, why didn't you tell her? I have just sent you a quick little thing on how to send books um, to inmates um, for okay. Angola or the Louisiana. Yes. You know, mm -hmm. 
uh, I have a publishing company. I call it my African publishing company. So I, I, I just, I was like, oh, let me send this to you. So that's in your link. Oh, please. Oh, thank yeah. you. But, thank but, you so much. Yeah, let me give you some game though. And this is also for those of you who say, look, her book is out there and telling you always tell us if we can't afford it, request it from the library. If you are on Amazon and I see that, but if you also have an um, Ingram Spark, um, mm -hmm. I, would, I would say Baker and Taylor, but there's a reason why I'm not going to recommend them for unless you're doing more than five books, 10 books a year. You, um, Ingram Spark, need to be on there because as of right now, libraries do not buy from Amazon, but they will buy from Ingram Spark. Well, so, the book this, is actually is is actually printed through Ingram Spark. Okay, so you guys yeah. can order if you don't can't afford it. Request it to your library. Yes, friend of the library. And that's right. Request the book. So there's the game, and that's also where you prison folks who say, "Hey, I'm right there." You can request it from the prison to help us help, you know, with unity, we all win. So that is mm -hmm. a beautiful community give back to have. And have you looked also into um, the public speaking, whether it be in the prison or in the, you know, corporate arena? I'm sure the prison would love you because very few people come to the jails and prisons that are in your position. I've done that type of speaking as well. And they just love it, whether it's men or women. I prefer to go to the men because I don't need the issue of, hey, you know, <laughs> come <laughs> now, you know what? That's that's a great idea, Kellen. I didn't even know that was something that you could do. So I would love to find out more about that from you. But to answer your question, yes, I do public speaking and I definitely want to start doing more of that for sure. Okay, now you and when you think about it, Go ahead. I'm sorry, I was going to say when you think about it, just me being a guest on your podcast is also a form of public speaking, because I'm sure you've probably had some people who are just so nervous before they come on your show. And they probably have a 1000 questions because it's, you're, you're being put on the spot, right? You're and and all people have to cling on to are, are the words that come out of your mouth. So I think being a guest on a podcast is also a form of public speaking. It definitely is. And it can help in a pandemic like me. I'm a naturally shy guy. People don't believe it, but I'm a No, I don't believe it. <laughs> yeah, I just, you know, I just, hey, I can play the corner real well. And, you know, a closed mouth doesn't get fed. So when you have to speak, you speak. But um, I've practiced on here for so many years and different radio shows and different things that I've done. And so you eventually you get to be where people can't see it because mm. we all, you know, I, I don't have any questions prior to you coming on and it's just a conversation. So I hope people, I can get them comfortable enough, no matter where they're at, where they'll just share about them to help others. And right. that is what it's about. It's not about me. It's about your services, what you can do and how somebody can see themselves in you and say, I think I can do it too. Because let me ask you, when you started this business, um, what was it like 16 years ago? Mm-hmm. Did you get, hey, are you crazy? You're going to leave your job to do. Oh, what? yes. Tell us about that. Because Kellen. Oh, Kellen. Oh, my good. Okay. To this day, 
there are people who still look at me 16 years later like so i don't i don't get it why did you why did you do that because okay let me let me explain to all to everyone who's listening i i worked i was a chemical engineer i made very good money straight out of college made very good money i had scholarships so i went to lsu undergrad so i came out of college debt free i didn't have to pay off any student loans got this job as a young engineer i was working in new orleans making great money and eventually i owned two homes i had rental property life was good kellen why on earth would i leave all of that behind all of that life of comfort in a city that doesn't sleep. You know, I was in my early 20s having a blast living in New Orleans. Why on earth would I leave all of that behind and venture into the unknown? Have you lost your mind? <laughs> a lot of people thought that. They also would tell me that the grass isn't greener on the other side. And I would always answer by saying, well, you know what? I'll never know unless I go and see for myself. So sometimes the, 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 the hate, you know, the haters, it can come from the people you love the most, your closest friends and family. And I had to, it took me years to understand this, Kellen, because I didn't get it at first. I was, I was very angry and very hurt by a lot of the things that my, my friends and family were saying to me, but I had to understand they're speaking from a place of fear. And they're projecting that fear onto you. And you just know that you have this idea and you just can't get any sleep until you see this idea come to fruition. But everybody else around you can't see that vision the way that you can. And it's, it's tough trying to block out all of the noise that's coming from these people that you love and care about. And I'll tell you, I think one of the best things that happened was the fact that I relocated from New Orleans to Atlanta because when I came to Atlanta, I didn't know anybody. So I didn't have any distractions. I didn't have people, well, what do you think? No one knew me. No one knew my past. They didn't know a thing about my background. All they knew was that I was this, this young 28, 29 year old that moved here, didn't go to school here, didn't have a job lined up. I came here to start a business. That was all they knew about me. And it helped because I was able to create what I've created over the past 16 years. Not to say that it can't happen for other people who, excuse me, who are still maybe in the, in the, the town or the city where they grew up. But I think if you have the opportunity to relocate, and I'm sure you can attest to this, you know, being that you're from Oakland and you went to college in a, another state and now you're living in Florida, there's, there's, it does something for you um, to be able to move somewhere else and start completely over because all you have is, all you have is your sheer willpower and determination. And if you are determined that you are going to make it, it will happen. But as you mentioned, and I love this, Kellen, you have to put in the work. You have to put in the work. Don't be afraid of it. Yes, people might make fun of you. Yes, people will question you. They will tease you. They're going to look at you like you've lost your mind. But keep going. 
And it's, it's not easy. I'm saying it like it's so, so matter of factly, but it's, it's not easy. I still struggle with it from time to time. And sometimes I've, I've learned who I can share certain things with and who I just like, I'm, that person will just find out once it actually happens. <laughs> I'm not going to tell them while I'm actually working on something. They'll just see the end result, right? Because people just have a way of saying things to you and it can, it can really crush your spirit. I'm going to even say what you could not say because, you know, the scriptures tell us honor thy mother and father to have long life. So you talk about certain people, you, you cutting your own blessings, right? But it's, when she says it's the closest mm-hmm. people to you, it's the closest, you know, spouse, yes. whatever. And um, I talk about mine all the time on the show. I just never say the name. And she hears me and, and she's like, <laughs> oh, okay, you're talking, you know. So it's the closest people. <laughs> it won't stop until they become an entrepreneur, if that is their purpose. That's right. Life. And then they get it. But if they're not, you can't blame them because an entrepreneur's journey, like we're in our, a club that unless you're doing it, it's, it's, yeah, it's eyes wide shut. I know some of y'all are like, what type of club are you talking about? So yeah, it's eyes wide shut. I want to throw that. It's, it's that. It's you're not invited to the party um, until you put everything mm-hmm. on the line. And so it's, I, I definitely uh, love you for sharing that part because so many people on Instagram are just making it look like, Oh, I just got, I just got the business, opened the doors and boom, I had clients. What did you do right. as a young person to make them even believe that you were worthy of their business? Yes. And, you know, it's so easy for us to look at people where they are now without an understanding and an appreciation of the journey that it took for them to get where they are. And I'll, I'll use Beyonce as an example. It's so easy to say, well, well, and look at her and say, well, well, I can do that. I can dance. I can sing. Why, why am I not Beyonce? But she's been, do- she's been singing and dancing and practicing and rehearsing since she was a little girl. Talk about putting in the work. Those are yeah. the things that people don't always know. Those are the things that those behind that facade, right? You see this facade of who you think Beyonce is. But when you go behind the curtain and you look at all of the years of practice and rehearsal and rejection, repeated rejection, the ups and downs, the highs, the lows, your family being split apart, your family giving up so much just to be able to look after your dream. Nobody knows that story because that's not the fun, exciting interesting part of the story, but it is the critical part of the story. If you want to understand how you can be at the top of your game, you have to put in the work and it's, it's ugly. It's messy. You'll be crying. You'll go through bouts of depression. It's lonely. Like you mentioned that the club being in that club, you have to surround yourself with other entrepreneurs because they are the only other people who will get it and get you. And they're not going to judge you the way that someone who's working that, that traditional nine to five would judge you because they understand exactly what you're going through and they're going to cheer you on. And what did you have to do to convince or where were you? I, I, I want to almost paint a picture because people say, 
what do you do that's different? And I say, well, I network a lot, you know, prior to COVID, I'm out mm-hmm. at every event. And I said, and the people I know are doing the same, whether it's conferences or it's, you know, chamber of commerce events or whatnot, but where did you get your first client? Um, and, and what do you think like made them say, yeah, you can help me. You're worthy of this, you know, high premium price that you have, this retainer, this monthly that you want. <laughs> so know that when you're first starting your business, I don't care if you were a superstar in your former life, your, your job, whatever it was you did, the likelihood that people will know you in whatever business you are about to start, or maybe you're, you've already started, they don't know you. So you almost, it's almost like pressing the reset button. And you're right, Kellen, you have to network extensively, especially if you have a service-based business. Because again, if people don't know you, you won't get business. And everything is so noisy and crowded now. We're constantly competing against all of these other marketing messages that people are receiving. And, and frankly, we're just inundated with it. So how do you stand out from the crowd? The, one of the first things that I did when I relocated to Atlanta, and I should, it's, this is probably worth mentioning because it's such an important part of the story. I left New Orleans completely based on a gut feeling, an intuitive thought, a hunch, whatever you want to call it. But I was in my home in New Orleans, September 2004, a tropical storm passed through, and I was stuck in my house. It was flooding, and I couldn't leave. And the water just kept rising and rising and rising. And I remembered looking out of the kitchen window, and for just a, if you could imagine a record spinning on a record player, right, and you just take your, your index finger and you put it on that record for just a few seconds, just to temporarily stop it for just a few seconds, And I heard a voice that said, you won't be here this time next year. And then the record just started spinning again. So I'm thinking I'm hallucinating, (laughs) like I'm having a I'm having a mental breakdown. But I have to tell you, once once the once it stopped raining and they turned on the water pumps and the waters receded and everything I had on my mind, get out, get out. I couldn't describe it. I just had this feeling like. I need to get out and I need to get out now. I sold my house. I quit my job, my engineering job. I quit my job, finished up business school at Tulane that December, December 2004. The following January 2005, I put my house up for sale. It sold within a week. February 2005, I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. I know one person when I move here. Six months later, Hurricane Katrina happened. But when I moved to to Atlanta, The book that literally changed the game for me was The Miseducation of the Negro by Carter G. Woodson. And what I got, what I personally got from reading that book is that we are all blessed with natural skills, talents, and abilities. But we go through this period of indoctrination and quote unquote miseducation as we go through our school system. Our school system is really designed to teach us how to become good employees working for someone else. You don't go to school to learn how to become an entrepreneur, right? So after reading that book, I said, okay, well, what is it that I'm naturally really good at? I'm really good at organizing things. I'm going to start a professional organizing company. 
I didn't know that there was at the time, I didn't know it at the time, but I remember doing a Google search and realized that there's this National Association of Professional Organizers. I went to an Office Depot. I bought some business cards, the kind that you could put in a desk jet printer, made up some, some real bootleg, low-quality business cards. And I just started going to these networking events, handing out business cards. And the way I got started, Kellen, I was bartering. Because remember, I didn't know anybody and they didn't know me. I had no track record whatsoever in Atlanta. I didn't go to college here. I'd never worked here, didn't go to high school, had no ties. So I had to start meeting people and putting my work out there. So I would barter and in exchange, I would ask for a testimonial and a referral. That's how I started building Equilibria. And over time, it shifted from an organizing company to an operations management consulting company. And I started joining the, ch the different chambers of commerce. I would also join what they call a closed network group. I don't know if your listeners are familiar with this, but an example of one of those is BNI, which stands for, I think, Business Network International. But what happens is there are all of these BNI chapters all over the world, actually. When you join a particular chapter, no one else can join that same chapter who does the same thing that you do. And you meet usually once a week, very early in the morning. But the idea is to continue networking with the same group of people and educating them about what you do and wh who your clients are, who your customers are, what your products and services are, so that they can start referring business to you and you in turn refer business to them. That I would say bartering and being in, in part of that closed networking group were the two things that single-handedly really helped my business take off. And then from that point forward, it was going to the conferences, like you mentioned, going to different networking events, different business lunches, joining certain business clubs. There are these elite business clubs that you can join. Doing things like that, just constantly expanding your network so that you can meet a, a broad cross-section of as many people as possible. Oh, I love it, especially when you mentioned the, the BNI. I've had people with those closed groups and people mm -hmm. ask me, but it's expensive. And yeah, you gotta pay to play. And when you want to go to the more even, <laughs> you know, it's like Toastmasters. I tell people say, I say Toastmasters is free unless you go to an elite group. And it's usually, you know, for a certain, particular people but yeah you gotta pay to play nothing is free and if you think it is then that's why you're in the position you're in i said it not miss pierre <laughs> i said it. you guys know i don't i'm not i'm not fun I, yeah, I, I come up on the grumpy side because our people need that whooping and you know they, they, need they do and, um i'm here to give it as a uh daddy so i love that you get in that game <laughs> You and I are going to take this off air. <laughs> the best conversations get heard, but let the people know where they can find you, where they can connect with you. If they are, you know, a serious entrepreneur ready to take that step and be able to, you know, pay for that retainer or for that personal coaching uh, monthly. So the best place to go, I don't want to give too many different websites, but the best place to start is my personal website. And that's aliciabutlerpierre.com. 
And when you go there, you'll see links to how we connect on the, across the different social platforms. Again, I'm most active on LinkedIn as well as Twitter, but I am also on Instagram and some of the other platforms. But you'll also see links to some, some blog articles that I've written. You'll also see a link to my consulting company, which is Equilibria. And you'll also see a link to how you can get to the podcast as well as the book. So I always tell people, go to aliciabutlerpierre.com as a starting point. And from there, you can read, watch, listen, whatever you want to do to my content and even connect with me. I would love it if you could, if you would connect with me and reach out so we can have a conversation. You guys have gotten the game. Make sure if you do nothing else, you share this with somebody, it will change their life. Now be blessed. Hi, everyone. Have you ever been curious about visiting Africa? Which African country were you interested in? Kenya, Nigeria, Uganda, South Africa, Ethiopia. Which country are you interested in? My good friend, Kellen Cash Coleman, came up with a course called My First Trip to Africa that'll guide you through this process. It's only $20, and in this course, you'll learn about passports, visas, vaccinations that you need before you go there, as well as a budget, uh, how much the trip is gonna cost. He also talks about what you should pack, uh, what you should take with you, how you should travel on a budget. Did you know that 100 US dollars is worth a 1,000 South African rand and over 10,000 Kenyan shillings? So imagine what you can do with $100 back home. I say back home because I'm from Sudan, I'm African, I already know how it's like. I know that you know when you convert Canadian and American money, it goes a long way when you're traveling across Africa. So if you're curious, um, if, if Africa is a place that you've always wanted to go, always want to move there, Kellen Cash is the person to ask. Check out the course, there's a little preview you can listen to um, before you actually purchase it. If you're interested in this course, visit www.diversifiedgame.com. Don't miss out. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversified Game Podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit DiversifiedGame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.